0: Welcome to Big Time Adulting, the podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Murray, and I'm here to take it deep with you on adulthood, womanhood, motherhood, and whatever other things end in hood that we can think of. It's going to be real, it's going to be honest, and we are going to laugh until a little pee comes out. If you've been looking to find a podcast to relate to as a woman and a mom and you're kind of awesome, which you definitely are, subscribe now. Hello my friends, and uh thank you for being here for what I actually feel is a, a very special episode of the Big Time Adulting Podcast. Um, something that I am personally very intrigued by, um interested in talking about. And uh I have a guest here with me today who sort of specializes on the topic of sobriety, the sober life, and also um Very much so how the drinking culture, specifically in parenthood and motherhood, affects us all. Um, And so I have Emily Paulson here. She is the author of two books, um, Highlight Reel, Finding Honesty and Recovery Beyond the Filtered Life, and a contributor in Addiction Diaries, Stories of Darkness, Hope, and All That Falls in Between. She just told me she just moved with her five children. Five, that's right. To Oregon from Seattle, Uh, so we're on different time zones. But Emily, welcome! Thank you. It's so good to be here talking to you. You're just saying we haven't like met face to face. I mean, Zoom, Zoom face to face. But I know. I and I actually feel like I kind of know you Um, totally. And it's funny because that's like the way it works with Instagram and that online life these days. Like you really can get to know a lot of pieces of about someone, especially if you fall, like I've been following you for a while now too. Yeah. Um, so I was going to like sort of launch in of how we came to know each other via Instagram <laughs> which right. is somewhat contentious um, <laughs> because I posted, a, I made a post on Instagram that's, that was a statement claiming that I was a better mom after a glass of wine. And I felt like I was careful to explain in that post that, you know, it was one glass of wine, not three glasses of wine, but um, you know, the Sober Mom Squad was right there um, on my ass about that post, like in a heartbeat. So, you know, it made me think a lot more about what I had said. And um, we we went back and forth on this quite a bit in the comment section. And then we took it over to DM and had like a more um, personal conversation about it. But I'm really proud of that interaction that we we were able to sort of have a contentious discussion and then come to a place of understanding and uh, respect for each other. And yeah. that's not always what we see on social media these days.
1: No. And I think the, the reference point too, just to give everybody a frame of reference, this was like right when the pandemic hit, yeah. right? This was like maybe a month in when we're all home with our kids and we're all like, our life is online and every little thing, I don't know about you, but just like nerves were being struck everywhere. Yeah, totally. And it's funny because I think, and I said I've said this to you before. It's like it's really easy to be angry at the thing that almost killed you, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: and so when you learn something, it's really natural to be like, oh my gosh, I used to say that, and now I know that that's not true for me, and now I need to go like debunk that. And and so it it ends up being this like me versus you thing, and that's really not what it was. Which is was so great about our conversation is that the place we came to afterwards um, is you know, just a place of, of understanding, like, intent and impact aren't always the same.
0: Right, right? totally. Yeah. yeah. And I did. Um, so I did then also delete that post as a result of our conversation, because um, I understand where you're coming from. And I don't want to, I mean, I think on my Instagram, it comes across that I'm a fairly regular drinker, like, and I am, and that's part of my life. But I think about it also a lot. and And I am very, aware and I would say afraid of the power of alcohol to a great extent. Um so I retracted that post because I don't want to contribute to people who are looking for a validation, um, who are, you know, on the fringe of and I think, you know, what like something that you discuss about it being like anyone is really on the fringe of it becoming like a problem at any time. You know, it just you never know. So I wanted to ask you, some questions about your thoughts and your experiences and, um, sort of the harms of the mommy wine culture and what led you to be such an advocate in this space?
1: Yeah. I mean, I really, you know, I came to sobriety, uh, you know, I was the rock bottom person. Right. And so I went to AA, I did that whole thing, the very traditional black and white thinking of like, you either have a problem or you don't. And that's always what I thought. And so I really like started looking back and asking myself, how the hell did I get here? (laughs) Because I was the person online, I looked like I had it all together, completely, I looked like I had this great family, wonderful life. And inside my life was, you know, starting to fall apart. And it's not like something bad happened every time I drank. You know, which was almost confirmation bias for me. Like, see, it's not always bad. Um, I'm fine, but more and more bad things continue to happen. And uh, you know, I kept using lots of excuses. Like, hey, I stopped drinking five times for nine months. I didn't drink when I was pregnant, so I I, I can quit. Um, except when I wasn't pregnant, I couldn't really stay stopped. I'd stop for a while, and then I'd always go back to it. Um, I, I started saying like, well, I haven't had a DUI yet. And then I got a DUI. Uh, I don't have health problems. And then I started having health problems. So all of those things that I was using as reasons why I could continue drinking, those things started happening. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was really important to me to share my journey. Like, Hey, this is where I was in this place where I was doing those Google searches. Uh, am I an alcoholic where I was making rules and breaking them? And I could have stopped then, but I had nowhere to go. There's just not many places for people who are in that gray like questioning phase and I just wanted
0: to talk about it. Were there people like say for instance if a fr- like a friend of yours from the outside looking in, do you think a friend of yours would have been like Emily needs to cut the boozing, like she's too boozy or whatever or is no. it was it something that didn't come across at all to people?
1: It didn't come across because honestly, I made sure to surround myself with people who were drinking as much as but, I was, yeah, and I was drinking a lot secretively, like before I would go out or after I'd come home, or they didn't necessarily know how much I was drinking and how it was affecting me. After the fact, I will say, after the fact, there were friends who were like, "Oh, you know, I do remember this one time," or, you know, so some things in hindsight, but, but no, again, it, I looked like that very high functioning um, person, and I just assumed like it couldn't be a problem then. So, I, I really wanted to share all those things, not only that, but just the fact that, like, alcohol is a carcinogen and all those things that I didn't know. I mean, I, you know, I've had cancer three times and I know cancer is something that's like touched your life in a major way. Like, yeah. I didn't know alcohol was a carcinogen. You know, I didn't know it could be making my anxiety worse. I didn't know it could make my sleep worse. Like, all that stuff, the informed consent piece of it. I just wanted to share things that I wish. I wish I'd known.
0: Do you think if you had known those things that you would have stopped before? Cause I feel like I know those things and I still choose to drink like,
1: well, and I don't think it's a matter of knowing this and like, Oh no, now I can't drink anymore. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen what's in hot dogs and now I can't eat hot yeah, dogs. You right. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's the informed consent piece of it that a lot of people don't realize that, and so this this global, like you go out with your friends, and if there's, it's it's just you see everyone drinking, and you see it everywhere, and you see the cans of seltzer at the checkout, and you see all this, and you're like, well, it's fine, and it's the only, you know, it's the only drug that you have to explain not using. That's the that's the other part of it that it's so ex, it's so um, accepted that it's almost expected. So just that that piece of like you know, if a friend tells you they're going to stop smoking, what do you say? Like, congratulations. If someone tells you that they're stopped drinking, it's like, okay, well tell me what your reason is. Are you pregnant? Are you all these things? What happened? Yeah. What happened? Yeah.
0: Um, I think like one of those things too, is like anyone, people who are like looking to maybe take a break or even stop or like, you know, like there's a, there's a big movement I would say around like sober curiosity right now as well. Um, but there are like, oh but like i have this event coming up in 2 weeks and like i want to be able to drink at that or the you know that sort of thing that i think prevents people from ever even taking a leap of getting to that place where they've explored i mean that's that would be like me i would say like oh maybe i'll do like a you know a dry month or something cuz i would say my everyday like drink my drinking life is more like you know i take a few dry nights And then I'll have a couple nights where I'll just have like a glass of wine. And then like potentially on a Saturday or something, I'll probably, I'll drink like what would be considered drinking to excess. Like I would get tipsy and, you know, really feel the alcohol and feel it the next day. That's what, you know, is always like the thing where you're like, oh, I feel like shit today. And that's when I think when people start to consider, maybe I should... You know, explore not drinking or
1: yeah, but, but it's hard again, because you do have to, when you have to plan your life around something,, mm-hmm. then you think like, gosh, why is this so like why, why are we doing this everywhere? It's that the accountability, the peer pressure of it, and we don't try and moderate any other addictive substance. Because again, if you quit smoking, it's not like I'll just try having one every three days, or I'll just try having it on the weekends. It's like you either do or you don't, and you just recognize it's kind of a dangerous thing. So it's just interesting how alcohol is kind of like this separate thing. Although culture. I
0: would say, like, inter- like, just to play a little devil's advocate on that, like, what about like with eating and like um you know addictive eating or you know restrictive eating um on the other hand so I think that like there are people who go oh for sure you you wouldn't consider it it's food so you're not considering it like a drug but
1: yeah and I think there's like so, another whole episode we could go into with that but you know yeah. with food a lot of that like addictive feeling you know food doesn't technically have addictive properties like alcohol does but a lot of that comes from like the, the major restriction um, is the feeling addicted to things, you know. So whereas with alcohol, it's just, a, alcohol is just addictive in human beings. And it's just a matter of you drink enough of it, you know, your tolerance increases and just chemically,
0: like you can't fight that. So you've told me like that your husband is a drinker. I think he's really a moderate drinker. Do you feel as though there's like a healthy place? in drinking when you say if it's like addictive and all this and people and or if the fact that like, say someone's using it as like, in the wrong way as an escape, sometimes like I just had a terrible day need to have a drink. Is that always dangerous?
1: Yeah, I totally so lots of layers there. Yeah, I would never when you say is there healthy, like I would never use healthy and alcohol in a sentence, like call a spade a spade, right? Of course, I'm not anti-drinking. I'm not a prohibitionist. I think it should be legal. I think anyone should be able to buy it, drink it if they want. But the disconnect of, you know, yoga and wine and 5k with beer at the end and pink wine for breast cancer, like the combination of health and alcohol is pretty, pretty fucked up, you know? Um, that said, it's absolutely fine if people make that choice. And and yes, my husband has a beer once in a while. I will say that though, when I stopped drinking and learned more about it, and he learned more about it, he does have more of that. He stops and thinks about it first, right? Like, uh, do I need to do this tonight? Because how am I going to feel tomorrow? Like there's more preparation. But also he's he's not a person, he was always the guy who could leave half of a beer and walk away. And I'm like, are you not going to finish that? Like, what's wrong with you? Um, and I had gone way past that point long ago. So I think it's just recognizing why you're using it. And, and like you said, if the escape, like wanting to escape, especially as a mom, totally normal, totally natural, using alcohol as an escape, alcohol to cope. Again, you got to look at it as like, if it were any other drug, would that be a red flag? And And if I said, you know, I do a line of Coke every night when the kids are driving me nuts, like you'd say, yikes. But alcohol, it's like, you know, yeah, don't just take the take, take the edge off. Just have a glass of wine. Just do that.
0: Right? I have a lot of friends who will just like pop a gummy or a half a gummy or something like that or take a hit of a joint and relax that way.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about marijuana and the medic- medicinal uses that are way more researched than, than alcohol, right? Um, that in some ways that might be the safer thing. I'm not telling anybody to go start. I think it's definitely safer. I mean, alcohol is also not regulated by the FDA, which is totally also fucked. And, but it's, you know, it's still, it's a drug. It's, it's the, it kills more people than all illicit drugs combined. So acting like it's just, you know, some basic harmless coping mechanism, you know, you just have to look at like why you're drinking in the first place. So if you're like, hey, this makes my fish taste really good, that's a whole different ball game than if I don't have this glass of wine, I'm gonna sell my kids. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> continuing, you know, your brain's gonna to continue to seek that same feeling. So just it always depends what you use it for. And and I think one of the common misconceptions, and this is why I, I drank for anxiety, right? And I didn't know that alcohol major anti-anxiety meds not work. I didn't know that alcohol actually increased anxiety. I didn't know. So there were all these things that I didn't know and so I think that's important too for people who are like, I drink because it lowers my anxiety. Looking into does it really? It doesn't, of course.
0: Right? Like, yeah.
1: Like, what evidence do I have that that's actually true? And it's more that it's just been the habit.
0: Oh yeah, particularly, I mean, like, if I if I go overboard and like drink drink more than I intended to or like Hoped I would like. Oh, I just oh one more glass, you know. Um, yeah, the next day is like anxious for me for sure. It's like why yes. did I? And then uh, and just physiological stuff that goes on with your body after a night of having had too much alcohol is like it's an obvious sign that there's <laughs> something not good for you there, right? So. Yeah.
1: And it, you know, it's not, and again, not to say that it's a bad thing. If you're like, I want the night off and I'm going to drink, but the understanding that it doesn't actually solve anything, it delays it and it probably amplifies it. So just be ready tomorrow (laughs) for your to-do list to still be there. And also you're going to feel like shit. And also, you know, so the consistent use of it is never actually going to solve anything.
0: Yeah. I always get really pissed if I, if I drank too much and I didn't have fun. I'm like, what the? (laughs) I wasted it. (laughs) It was such a waste. Yeah. So I try to, I do try to like limit when I really let it go for those nights that I know it's going to be fun or something special or whatever. But, um, you know, sometimes the odd end gets away from you anyway. (laughs) So yeah, um, if we're being honest, so um, let's talk about a little bit how And why like mommy wine culture is such a thing. And like uh, some people don't even know this term like that exists, but I'm sure that they have seen out there like mommy's juice, um, you know, products and things that, um, take a humorous spin on moms needing wine and stuff like that. Um, why is this such a thing and why is it so dangerous?
1: Well, people always ask me why I pick on moms. Like, why don't you pick on dads?
0: Yeah, I get, yeah, I guess we never like say Dad's coming home and having a couple of beers. It's totally, like...
1: yeah. and and the reason being for me personally is I am one, right? Like I can talk about it from my own perspective having been there. yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, this idea that like women can let loose and drink like the boys, and it's this idea of like feminism and empowerment, like, it's not true. Women can't physiologically drink the same way men do, and so there's more illnesses showing up in women. So that's where hmm. the disconnect of men versus women. It's not like, oh, I'm biased against <laughs> women drinking or something. It's just that, you know, a man and a woman the same weight, same height. Uh, you know, it'll affect women. They have less water in their bodies. They're because of their hormones. Um, they have different impacts. It affects their liver you know, to a more damaging degree, their heart, their everything. Um, so it is more damaging in women. And I do think it's important to talk about that because I don't think a lot of women realize that. And the mom factor, and this is another thing that people are like, oh, you know, the patriarchy and stuff like women are around kids more. Traditionally, women are around the kids more. You probably are. I certainly am. The load of the childcare falls on the women and right or wrong, look at the pandemic like where women were who was helping us like nobody yeah. right and so we we do whether we like it or not have more influence on what kids see modeling behavior and so i'm not letting dads off the hook i'm just saying what research says what i've experienced and also marketing is not geared towards men and dads it's geared towards mom cuz when's the last time you saw like a daddy juice mug or yeah. I drink because the kids wine, like for a
0: yeah for yeah a wine
1: because what you never see men's products like that. It's all geared towards women and moms, and it's it is meant as a joke, which then further like normalizes that like oh it's connection camaraderie ha ha ha. But it's it just normalizes something that might not be okay in everyone, right? And yes. and it's that social proof, like look everyone else is doing it too even, even if they're also drinking too much, if it's sold as mommy juice, it's nobody bats an eye. It's just, it's just funny. Yeah. So it, that's where the danger comes in. It's not that it's not that I can't take a joke. It's not that it's just at the expense of our kids to say like, I need to drink because of you. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> I need, and if it was, again, if you could look at any other drug, like, oh, I, I need to, uh, you know, this might be meth or uh, any other drug, like it wouldn't be funny
0: yeah because it's become so wi- widely socially acceptable to be a drinker but it's funny because like i've done some polls and stuff on my stories um on my instagram page about like how how many days a week do people drink and i was actually really shocked to see what a giant population of at least my followers drink less than 2 days a week like it was yeah. you know i think the majority um and then so there is you know, this huge population of, of our country, at least are people who this isn't even a thing for, they're not like really drinkers or regular drinkers. And so those aren't the people that like mommy wine culture is harmful for because they could take it or leave it, you know,
1: for sure. And I think that's where it's the collective caring about other people where, if you're sharing that message, you're sharing it with people who are using it to co-sign their own bullshit, like I, I was, you know? Yeah. Like the last year of my drinking, when I go through my Facebook feed or those memories pop up, I can't tell you how many of those like funny, funny jokes about drinking that I shared. And it, I think it was more of a, please tell me I don't have a problem.
0: So I think it's just more the messaging around it that it's not necessarily always about you. Would you say you like portray yourself as like a party animal and stuff like that too? Would you always be like, yes, let's go to a, let's have a party. Like I'm the party animal. Like, yeah, I'm the
1: fun girl. I'm the fun mom. And, and also like the funny t-shirts and all that stuff. I think I, I really, it was part of my personality being a drinker. So it, yeah, that's to disconnect from that. And when you use that messaging and you kind of jump on that bandwagon, when you do have a problem, it's really hard to say, okay, what's really going on here?
0: Yeah. And I think, so what's funny, I just started, a few people suggested this book, um, hunt, um, hunt, gather parent to me mm-hmm. recently. So I think it just landed and it's about like other cultures and the way that they parent versus us. And, um, I've just started it, so I'm really not very deep into it. But one of the things that she mentioned is this isolation factor of like uh, our culture um, for mothers, particularly like we don't really live in like multi generational homes anymore or have these like neighborhood camaraderies that were part of, you know, are, are still part of many other cultures. And maybe we're part of what used to be like, you know, kind of outdated in in the U S at least these days. And so there's this, this heightened feeling of isolation for moms. And I think even like we were saying, maybe, maybe you're the party girl, but maybe you're just like the, I'm fucking bored and not happy right now at home. And I'm going to have a glass of wine. And then the glass turns into a bottle, um, pretty quick, I think for a lot of people, Yeah, I want to be with people, I wanna escape, I wanna
1: be with people who are feeling the same way. And Mm -hmm. this is the way we escape. And of course, like nobody understands more. You know, that's why when I share all this stuff, it's never from a place of, oh my God, you people, why are you drinking? It's like I understand so profoundly why drinking went on an uptick during the pandemic. I understand profoundly why people use this because it's that it's what's given to us. It's the only solution we're given.
0: And so what would you say? as a piece of advice to a mother or anyone who feels as though they might be get, getting out of control with their drinking or that they should maybe need to re-examine the way they look at alcohol use.
1: I think there's a a period of time where you can definitely get a hold of it and and, and go back. If So it really depends on the situation. The first thing I would say is you're not the crazy one for questioning your use of an addictive substance, right? Like, so if you are addicted to it, if you, if it has gone off the rails, it's not for your, it's not your fault and good for you for advocating for yourself. So that's, that's the first thing I'd say. And then I would say, talk about it with someone, Mm -hmm. you know, there might be people in your close knit drinking friend group who are also feeling the same way. Very likely there are, um, you know, people who are maybe like, can you want to take 30 days off with me? You want to do a sober October with me? And if you find everyone kind of co-signing your bullshit, maybe talk to other people. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can talk, talk to your mom, talk to a doctor, talk to a therapist. You're, It doesn't mean you're saying, "Okay, I'm going to quit forever." You're just, you're just asking questions. You're just talking. And then also, again, like the reasons you're drinking. Look, look at those reasons. Like, if you're drinking because you're bored, you know, are there, is there a hobby maybe you want to do? Are you drinking because yeah. you're tired? Go yes. take a nap. If you're drinking because you're hungry, if there's really easy solutions to the the just mindless grabbing of the wine, find a different solution for a while. And if you can cut back and, and and no problem, then you know what? You're probably good. And and just be more aware going forward. But if you find that you can't cut back, if you try a challenge, if you try something and you, you can't, um, yeah, it's probably time to talk to a doctor. And again, there's no shame in asking for help. And it is not your fault for becoming addicted to an addictive substance. It just isn't.
0: Yeah, it's funny, you know, like, with the boredom and stuff like that, some of us, like, as a mother of very young children, like when my kids were even littler, I'm, my older kids now have shit going on after school. And so like, I'm not stuck at my house, like with a toddler and a baby, like all day, every day. And particularly, I would say like, even like in my personal scenario, when my son was sick, we were home a ton. Um, So I was bored at home a lot. And so even like waiting for it to be five o'clock to have a glass of wine, I drank a lot more probably regularly then than I do now because I'm too busy. Like I have to go out and do things. Um, But at the same time, I was definitely like aware of it and, um, you know, wanted and did usually like moderate my my evening glass of wine type thing. Um, But I don't know. It's just, it's, I think that there is a place where I'm aware of it because like, for instance, my father doesn't drink. He quit drinking when I was like three years old. So I've always kind of known him as like a sober person, parent. And, um, and honestly to be like a little bit, even like judgmental of those who do drink now. And, you know, I don't fault him for that, because I don't know too many people who who drink really well, to be honest, like people who are drinkers. But I I think there's a place where if you're not thinking about it at all, and you just keep reaching for the bottle, it could easily become an issue without you even considering it.
1: Yeah, it can just create a need for itself. So it's just, again, it's all that informed consent of there's not a lot of labels on the side of the bottle like there are with cigarettes or, (laughs) you know, and we we have all this information about gluten and dairy and all these other things. But we've got this thing glaring in our faces and and all these, you know, increase in liver disease in women. And it's like, just be aware of what you're consuming, how much and when. And I think as a parent too, and this is the part where people are always like, don't shame me, don't shame me. And like, I'm not at all like this is coming from my experience of having little kids who same, I, I just went in that mode of like, I was bored and drinking at night and having them ask me questions once they got old enough to realize like, how come, you know, why do we drink at a kid's birthday party when none of the kids can drink or why, why do they serve alcohol at restaurants if you have to drive home or why? And all these things and I'm like, shit, I should probably be talking about this. So just opening the dialogue and being honest about it with yourself Um, is the first step.
0: I agree. Um, And yeah, I do think it for I probably overthink things a lot. But like I said, I am a regular drinker. So I probably need to overthink it and to keep myself in some sort of check. But I would there. I have a friend, one of my best friends, I'll give a little plug right now. He started um, an N.A. beer company. um, It's called Athletic Brewing. Oh, and yeah, yeah um, I love it. Love it. Yeah, yes. yeah. So you'll drink an NA like, and he is killing it now. And he does pair pair with like lots of runs and physical challenge activities and stuff. And that is a. You know, a good pairing. I would say, like you're saying, not not the five k like breast cancer with wine, pink wine or whatever. But <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. And I think the more conversations we have around that, and more companies that are like, "Hey, cool, we love a good beer. We just don't want the alcohol." Yeah. Um, just to to reduce the stigma of this black or white. You either have a problem or you don't. It's that's not the that's really not the point at all.
0: Yeah, because there was. I think there's a people like that. People who are non-drinkers or stop drinking because of a problem, I think traditionally, right, are set are told like not to have these kind of fake mocktail NAs and stuff. Because yeah,
1: and I think they're triggering for some people. Like obviously, stay away from them if they if they are. But um, for me, it's I can take it, and I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't make me want the real thing. I have no desire to drink alcohol. So and
0: you've been sober four years, five years, five years, five years, okay. Yeah. You have to update your website. I know I <laughs> do. Um, f- so five years. And do you ever feel an urge to drink alcohol? Or are you completely over it? No, I never have a, I,
1: I never have an urge to drink. But I, ha- I, you know, I'm a human being. I have that urge to escape. Mm-hmm. I've just found different ways to deal with it. Um, and I won't say that that thought never pops in my head. Like I'll have a drinking dream, which. They just totally throw me up, and I'll wake up, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I threw my years of sobriety away." Then I'm like, "Wait, that was fake." Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there I'm not going to say that there aren't those times that come in, like, "Oh, hmm, I'd probably be fine now," but I squash it quickly because I have a a long history of having tried it again. You know, those yeah. years before that, five years, that I know it's just it's so much easier to have none for me.
0: Yeah, and then I think that like if you've gotten to the place where you know, you don't need it to like, just live a full life the way that you are, then why would you ever, you know, I guess. Um, and then, so what are some of those other like tools or things that you use that fulfill you or give you a release in other ways? Maybe it feels different, but what would you suggest for people?
1: So for me, you know, I drink again for like anxiety. When I stopped drinking, I found that a lot of the anxiety started to go away. Uh, It was actually exacerbating it. Um, But when I do feel anxious, you know, exercise helps. I know you're a big exerciser. Like um, if I get a good sweat on, I always feel better. If I go outside, I always feel better. I just found the things that help me in the moment. And I think the biggest thing I learned is to be able to just sit with myself and not have to change the feeling I have. Like if I'm feeling crappy, like I don't necessarily have to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being like okay, sitting with myself, and, mm-hmm. and the other thing too that I've realized, not drinking is you have to get really creative at first because my husband and I like going to pubs. That was our activity. Drinking was our activity, and you find things that you like. You know, like riding bikes, or you like you know whatever it is for you. Like you like going to pottery class or something. Like getting creative about what did what did I used to enjoy when I was a kid cause I didn't drink as a kid and it was fucking great. Like I was like, yeah. a great time as a kid. Uh, so finding yeah. those things that you really enjoy um, that you just get natural joy from is, you know, that, that has helped me a lot. Like how much I enjoy reading and how much um, I enjoy taking a dog for a walk, getting joy out of like the most mundane stuff is pretty great.
0: Yeah, it is. It's such a great life lesson too, to be able to, feel contented in those situations and not need more um, than what's in front of you right there. And then, or just also like the idea of it maybe investing in yourself a little bit more and in, in taking time to do shit that you actually like to do. Like yes. when you were saying that, I was like, what would I do? You know, it's like, maybe I would like have a space set up where I would go draw for a while on my own and just, you know, dive into that and lose myself in that for a, a little bit. Um, you know, it is, I think it's hard when you're a mom and, and, and an adult who's busy running around doing a zillion things to even take the time to make the effort to get yourself yeah. in a position to do something like that. Like it would require you to buy your art supplies or whatever yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. Just, I
1: mean, wine is an easy, quick choice that, and that's why I think a lot of us ended up going for it.
0: Yeah. Well, Thank you for being like super open and um, humble and being a person who shares um, their story on this. I think it's like, you know, outside of the sober mom community, it's not talked about very often. Um, And often you hear just the opposite, like more of the mommy wine culture stuff. So um, I just want to let you know how much I respect you and um, that I, I feel as though, even though as a drinker, um, that it's important to be responsible about your messaging and um, acknowledge that, you know, it could be a problem for anyone or a lot of people might just be covering up a problem right now. So thank you for bringing the awareness.
1: Yeah. And thank you for having me on. I'm glad we've gotten to know each other and... It's, I know It's just great to be able to have this conversation with you.
0: Yeah, thanks. You too, Emily. And I will um, I will put in show notes, post um, the names of your books in case anyone is looking to read. And um, Emily, tell everyone where they can find you on. You,
1: yes, you can find me on the web at uh, com. I'm also the founder of Sober Mom Squad, which is sobermomsquad.com. And on Instagram at Sober Mom Squad.
0: Yep. And at your personal, your other Instagram. Highlight Real Recovery. Yes. That's my, my personal one. Yeah. All right. Great. Um, Well, thanks again for taking the time to chit chat and I will talk to you soon on the gram. I'll see you on the gram.
1: Thanks, Caitlin.
0: All right. Thanks, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for any of the resources from the episode, you can check them out in show notes. Again, If you liked listening, I'd love it for you to subscribe. Until next time, peace out.